Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I am your host, Mike Gregson, and excited to be with you for another episode of Come Towards Delight. Um, Going to be a fun one. I've got a dear friend of mine. I mean, really, since Adam, since like babysitting uh, days, man, when people that weren't related to us had to chase us around, hold us. Yeah, I moved, moved into the neighborhood when we were when I was four. So yeah. Yeah, long time. Yeah, I came in after you a little bit, but uh, no, man. Adam Hedgepeth, um, his younger brother Drew is one of my one of my best buddies growing up, and Adam's always been one of those guys that I look to as like the cool the cool cat. Uh, and then we'd play ward ball against each other. Uh, basketball, of course, ward ball is Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Ward ball is like, I mean, it's like you're playing for the NBA title in church ball. Yeah. Uh, they call it church <laughs> brawl, right? The, the, the brawl mm-hmm. that begins the prayer. And we may not have had the most spiritual moments at those times, <laughs> but right. epic battles for yeah. sure. Yeah, we we may have had to have some conversations with our bishop about swearing <laughs> in, in the church and in the, in the court, but yeah, we had, I, I forget um, such things. You know, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And just that neighborhood, I, you know, you, you live two streets away from me and, and we just grew up with the same group of friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I just, I've enjoyed our friendship throughout our lives. And, and I'll tell you what's, what's awesome, Adam. Um, and what I'm really excited about tonight, um, you've been through your share of struggles and, and I've, I've seen on the outward appearance, I've seen that you've kind of gone through your thing and I didn't know exactly what was going on always. And I know, I know, you know, the same for me, but, um, we got together two and a half, probably two and a half years ago when my wife and I were living in Gilbert, Arizona, and I was working down at a hotel, the Renaissance in Phoenix. Um, we connected and, and you live in Arizona. Remind me that the city you're in, in Arizona. Peoria. Peoria. So yep. if you're, if you're down in Arizona, you, you know, you need a place to toilet, pa- toilet paper, reach out to Adam. He'll send you his address and, and you can take your kids to practice out on Adam's house. We did not hoard any toilet paper, but yeah. I'm willing to share what I have. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the, bring it, bring it to your house though. Right. That's the thing. Right. Leave, oh, leave yeah. it all, yeah, yeah. leave it all. It's, yeah. it's worth, it's like, it's like gold, man. <laughs> and also if you have like a two by four, go ahead and leave that on his lawn as well. Cause that stuff's like gold these days. Absolutely. Um, but, but we reconnected and we got together at the hotel had lunch and just to feel um your passion and your energy for life um 
I, I knew that you'd had a big awakening, if you will, in your life and, you know, come to Jesus moment, wh whatever you want to call that. I, there was, there was an awakening and there was a new, there's a new image. There's a new person inside your heart. And, and I could see that very clearly. Um, and I could feel it And that, like, right when I saw you, I mean, just the smile, the eyes, you, what I think it was, uh, Thomas S. Monson used to say the eyes are the window to the soul. And when you look someone in the eyes, first of all, if they look you in the eyes, that usually means they're in a, a pretty decent place, right? Yeah. But when, when you look someone in the eyes and you don't just see the smile on their face, but you feel the smile in their eyes, mm -hmm. there's, some, there's something there. There's something right. there. And, it, and it, there's, it's a lot deeper than just that person. There's a, there's a story behind that. And they've gone through some things. And um, as, I've, as I've reconnected with you, Adam, and just kind of followed you, um, it's been so fun to see you married with, with Jessica, your wife who just seems like she's awesome. So one of these days we'll have to put her on a podcast and have her share her story, but, um, she's got, got a, she's got a really good one. Yeah. I, I would imagine. So, I mean, to, to rescue a guy like you, you've got to be pretty <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> so, no, but yeah. We'll get into that, but, yeah. but it, it's a, a weird way that that actually happened, but she totally did. She yeah. is a big part of the story of my coming back to the savior. I, I would imagine so. And uh, she seems like a pretty amazing person just from seeing your posts and stuff. Um, and you've got two kids. Uh, you've got uh, Maya and you've got Harley. So Maya's 15, Harley's three mm -hmm. um, and who, who are with you and you're in the thick of it with a 15 year old. So, so Maya, when you hear this, just understand like, Hey, dad, dad's made some mistakes too. You know, it's part of life. And in this classroom of life, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And Adam's got an amazing story and I've seen a big change of heart in this guy. And uh, so listen and tune in. Um, and also just to you guys that, that have been listening and, and sticking around with me since I started, thanks so much. And I hope you've enjoyed these stories as much as I have. I learned something new every time I listen to somebody and I grow in empathy and I grow in love um, unconditional. And I have a long way to go, but um, I'm learning, I'm growing. And man, there's nothing I love more than seeing somebody who is down in the dumps, going through hard, dark things and just being rescued and, and triumph. Right. And, and Adam, you're one of those guys. And so I'm really excited for you to share your story with us tonight. So Anyway, that said, Holiday 26 Ward uh, was definitely the dominant team back in the day in Ward Ball days. Uh, we we rocked the 10th Ward every time we played. Uh, True story. And anyway, take it away, Adam. I, I think, you know, we can't, there's no way to verify. So we'll just have to agree <laughs> to disagree on which team was better, you know. Yeah. With, yeah. the, with the old guys, with our dads, maybe I, yeah. I don't remember. I just know my dad did a lot of yelling on the court. Oh man! So I, I didn't want—I didn't want to be like that, but I think I turned out like that. So yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. I appreciate the invite to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to tell my story. Um, my prayer is that it, uh, you know, reaches out to someone or touches someone and helps them um, come closer to the Savior um and to uh, have hope and i know that's been a, a topic and and something in even your opening monologue um that people understand that you're not alone in some of those struggles that you're going through and maybe we don't all have the same struggle but we all have struggles uh and that 
there are people out there that understand you and there are people out there that uh, have been through stuff and that we can all get through it together. Um, so I appreciate the invite. Um, such an awesome neighborhood we grew up in. Like I look back and, and we'll go through some of the bumps in the road, but I look back at my childhood and our lives growing up. And I'm like, man, we were so blessed. Like we had, we didn't have tons of money all the time, but like we, life was just good. Right. It was looking back at it, 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 it during some of those bumps. I didn't really think it was. Um, but looking back, I go, gosh, we had like a good life. Yeah. Like it was, it was a good childhood. It was anything anybody could ever hope for. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would have liked a Porsche or something, but <laughs> we, <laughs> instead we, of my 82 Toyota Corona that only three of the four cylinders worked, but you know, I learned that there were life lessons there. So in holiday, we, we didn't make it, we, we didn't live on the top of the mountain. Like there were, you know, we, we only made it like slightly up the hill. So we were like the poor right. kids going up in the wealthy area, but, but the, it, you're right. It was safe. And I think, I think what you're saying is like you and me and the kids in our, in our little neighborhood are, are really our, our group of friends. We had every opportunity, um, in our, in our hands, like from the time right. we, were born, we had all the opportunity. It's, it's really hard to look around and see some people that just don't have that. And, and, and you feel mm -hmm. like, man, I was such an ungrateful kid, not knowing what I actually had, but how, how are you to know? Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, you look at it and go, gosh, we, we had a lot and we had a lot of blessings and every opportunity that we needed, right. Yeah. That we never had a ton extra. We never had uh, a lot, but we always had enough. Right. Yeah. And I think that goes back when you, you know, my just as a thing on the counter that gratitude makes whatever you have enough. Oh, right. Yeah. Or, that's paraphrasing. Cause I'm terrible like, at these things. I like Jess but... already. <laughs> Amen to that. It's true. She she's awesome. She's fixed me in so many ways. And fixed <laughs> sounds like a terrible word, but it's just true. Yeah. Um, she taught me to actually be a responsible adult <laughs> and and help me come back to the savior. So I credit her with a ton of uh, I'll be immature forever. I'm 16 on the inside. Um, hey, Jesus for, told for forever, you but child, that's all you're, you're still working on it, man. You gotta stay there. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, but to to talk about, and I know. Because part of what I hope to do is share maybe some of the bumps in the road and how they affected me and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And so, you know, if you don't mind, we'll maybe talk about kind of a little bit of my story and and, and where those bumps uh, happened and maybe how I reacted to them and how those kind of set the tone for the rest of my life up to this point and also some of the things I didn't understand at the time trials I was going through and how those have kind of again set the path or set the tone for little nuggets and blessings and, and um, things that have come to me and, and been little tender mercies it, it, you know I know that term is used a lot uh, in my life that without that trial I wouldn't have that spiritual moment and moment of connection um so to start, if you, you don't start mind, I'll to, share some of those. Oh, please. I mean, that's yep. what, that's what I want. But, but I mean, Adam, what you're saying right there, the, the little trials, like all of a sudden as you grow and you get older, like you're like, dude, those trial trials are what gave me all the opportunity in my life. Right. They've right. helped me become so much better than I was before. And, and mm -hmm. man, I think maybe in, is in the Christian 
religion, we talk about how uh, prior to us coming down here, this earth, we jumped, we like shouted for joy because we were so excited. There's a savior and there's an opportunity to come down here and be in this fallen world. Like, how is that exciting? Right. That, that right. sucks, man. That's crazy. But there's a savior. And you mean going through all these trials and, and imperfections and rough, hard times are going to end up teaching us like how just awesome we are and some of the amazing gifts God's given to us. And honestly, like our talents that he's given us to use while we're here. Right. It's right. Yeah. So let, let's get moving, man. I, I let's tell okay. us all about it. Perfect. Um, we won't start in the very beginning because that's kind of boring and I wasn't old enough to know what some of the things happening in my life, what, what I didn't even know enough to question. Um, so my, my, my ultimate goal in life, right. Was to be a dad. My dad was an awesome example of what a father should be. He was always there. He played with us. Uh, he would drop anything for us, right. To go play catch, whatever it was, he was there. He was present. And so my number one goal in life was to be a dad. You know, if you're a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, you know about patriarchal blessings. And then I was told in, in there that, that I would be a dad. And then when I was about 16, um, went to a ghost, uh, maybe it was 15, went to go see a doctor with my parents. Cause I wasn't hitting my growth spurt like everybody else was, um, you know, I was voted the most likely to be the first male soprano on, uh, Broadway in my senior year in high school. Are you serious? Oh, for sure. I could hit all the, all the girls notes and most of the boys notes. So it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, cause I got to sing with all the cute girls in choir, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. The, yeah. So went cause to you're, the you're, you're a big, you're a big dude. Like you're not a small guy. So that's kind of funny. I was five, eight, one thirty five when I graduated. Um, now six, two, and depending on how healthy I'm eating 235. So yeah. I've gained a lot. <laughs> I've grown quite a bit since high school. Yeah. Um, but when I was four, I was diagnosed with leukemia, um, went through chemo the first time had a relapse when I was seven, uh, mm. went through chemo and radiation, um, didn't really understand. And the doctors told that, uh, my parents that, you know, the odds of me having ever, you know, becoming a dad or, or low, uh, they didn't tell me because they hoped that, you know, I might be that exception to the rule. Um, when I was 16 went and found out that, um, that that wasn't going to be possible the, the normal way. Um, really? because of the chemotherapy and the radiation. Um, and so that, that shook me, right. As I go on my whole purpose or my number one goal in life is to be a dad. And then the whole purpose that we're here is to, you know, replenish the earth and, and my patriarchal blessing says I'm going to be a dad. And so when I was told that I, you know, kind of question, I'm like, how, how's this possible? Right. How's this going to work out? Um, and that kind of shook my testimony, if you will, not, not understanding them being 16, 15, 16 years old, how, you know, the world works and, and how the savior works and, and all of those things. Um, you know, and I, and I, oddly enough, I told my parents when I was, um, little that I always wanted to adopt someone, uh, and not politically correct or incorrect. I don't know that I, you know, five years old, I said, Hey, I, I <laughs> think someday I'm going to adopt a little, a little black child. Um, and uh, fast forward till now, my, my oldest, uh, is my stepdaughter, but she's, she's half black. And so it, it's, oh, cool. uh, it, kind of a, you know, one of those little, uh, 
nuggets or testimony builders so cool. um, from the beginning of my life. Um, and I'll tell you, that's that's something, man. Like it's a little five-year-old prophesying. Hold on, wait a second. <laughs> that's I, out of my head. No idea that like you were told around 15, 16 that you weren't gonna be able to kids. Like, I, man, I had no idea. That's crazy. It was, I cried by yeah, in the sure. doctor's office, you know, which isn't very manly. Yeah. Um, well, you were or, singing guess, like a soprano people, anyway. So, right. So who cares? I probably sounded like a girl sobbing. <laughs> uh, but no offense to any ladies. Yeah, no. I just had a high pitched hey, voice. It's good uh, to cry like a girl because they cry the best. <clears throat> I, 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 I'm still a sissy. I'm a total softie for being a, a decent sized dude. I'm a total softie on, yeah, I'm on the inside, but it's that's okay. It's a good um, thing. So moving forward, um, grew up super shy, um, was always, didn't look people in the eye because I felt like they could see in my soul and I didn't want anyone to see that. So, uh, my junior year, I met my best friend, Steve, um, and then my other best friend, Justin. And so we were like the three amigos, right. Um, we did everything together. We went country dancing and they, uh, I was too shy to talk to girls. So when a girl that they knew I thought was cute would walk by, they would literally shove me into her <laughs> so that I would bump her. And I'd apologize at that point. And I was already talking to her. So I might as well ask her <laughs> if she wants to dance. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they broke me out of my shell and they became part of my identity, right? They, they sure. helped me evolve, right? And so after our, our senior year, uh, me and Steve were in a car accident um, mm. and, and Steve ended up passing away. And... And I, I thought that my life at that point was figured out and, and, and that kind of shook me. Right. Um, and then later on that summer, uh, my grandma, who was my other best friend passed away. And so I spent the next two years trying to figure out why heavenly father would allow those things to happen to me. Mm. Like I wasn't doing all the things I was supposed to do, but I didn't feel like I was really a bad kid. Um, but I didn't, I couldn't figure out why heavenly father if he loved me would take my two best friends away yeah. in the same summer. Yeah. And not understanding that everybody's on their own journey and this is all death is part of life. And I mean, I always knew that, but I was like, Hey, if you really know me and you really care, why would you do that to me? Yeah. Or why would you allow that to happen? Right. And so I spent the next couple of years always believing in the, in the gospel and having faith and, and faith in the savior and our father in heaven but a lot of years kind of wandering, right. Looking for happiness. Yeah. We're looking for fulfillment, um, you know, going out, um, doing things I shouldn't be doing. You know, we won't go into details because I don't want my children to ever use that as an excuse of, Hey, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was searching for something to fill that void or to make me happy. Right. And not being willing to go back to church per se, to allow that healing to happen. Cause yeah. I, I was, you know, I was mad. I was angry. Mm. Um, fast forward a few years and, and, and I promise my life is not a sad, sob story. So I'm not, no, hopefully it doesn't hey. come across that way. It's a, it's a hard uh, thing. So tell me real quick, how, how yeah. now, tell me, is that okay? Steve's last name? Pidcock. Pidcock. And he was, mm -hmm. you guys were juniors or sophomores. We, so this is after our senior year. So we oh, were 19. Man. Um, so it was, it was that transitional time, yeah. um, uh, of life and trying to, to figure out, um, oddly enough, part of that story was, um, we were up by anybody who lives in, in Utah, uh, especially Davis County. We we're up by the bountiful temple and we, 
Um, we're four wheeling, we rolled down a mountain. Um, they said we rolled between, um, nine and 12 times mm -hmm. and about 300 plus feet down the mountain. Um, and I'm kind of glad we went back to that. So some of the interesting things that happened during the accident was as we were rolling, every time the truck hit, it hit on his side, his side of the car, right? Oh, man. Um, it only had lap belts. It was a 78 Ford pickup truck. And so I flew out the window, um, at least the upper half of my body, and the truck rolled over my head. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a super cool spire, but I had an awesome plaster surgeon. Um, so it only shows up when I get like real heated or playing <laughs> basketball, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, as the truck was spinning, you know, centrifugal force, I should have stayed out of the truck. Um, they said Steve passed away before the truck stopped rolling. And so I, I feel in my heart that, that he put me back in, right. Cause I, there was something I needed to do the way the truck was rolling and all those things, the gas tank ruptured, we should have caught on fire. We should have no exploded wow. all of these little things happened to keep me alive yeah. right um and not necessarily appreciating those things at the time now looking back there are lots of reasons why i shouldn't be here um however i guess my job isn't done right i've, I've yeah. still got work to do yeah um so spent those years kind of away from the gospel trying to fill that void looking for that momentary happiness and sure. as as you know from you know your story that there's no such thing as there's no such thing as permanent happiness there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Through the, you know, substances, whatever it may be dating and finding the cutest girl you can date and going out with her and you think that might make you happy. Um, and it sounds cool for the first five minutes. Um, but you never get that fulfillment, right. Mm. You never made whole again. Dude, um, you're, you're living with a ton of pain right now too. Like I, uh, you, you lost your best friend. You were in that accident with him. You, you now are feeling like you survived. He didn't. And that's sad enough as it is. That's your best friend. But then to his family, right? I'm sure that you were close yeah. with his family or you at least knew them. And like. Spent every waking second of the day. Yeah. Right. And they're like, there's a deep, there's a deep pain subconsciously that you don't even know. And a 19 year old doesn't know how to process that kind of stuff. I don't care. Right. I don't care if you're the smartest 19 year old in the world. That's, that's a, a lot of weight for a 19 year old. And so as you're going through this, this period of time, trying to find yourself um, after high school and you're starting, you're starting to party, my gosh, there's, there's a lot of pain in, in Adam Hedgepeth that you're, you don't, you're not even aware of. And, and you're right. trying to escape that pain. So you run to those things that provide instant gratification. I, I can't imagine, man. That's a tough thing. There was a lot of guilt, right? Like yeah. going through my mind, like if I would have done this different or, hey, what if I would have done this? Or, hey, maybe if I would have grabbed him and, and you know, with the bench seat, if we would have held on to each other in the middle of the truck, like what if I could have done something to change the outcome? And so I spent a lot of time trying to just be numb. Right. And I think I was, I spent a few years of my life and, you know, my mom and I talk about it and it was kind of like my just existing time of life right there. I didn't make any progression financially, uh, school, uh, spiritually. I just kind of existed. I was just there, um, for a few years. Um, and, and you know, a, a boat without a rudder, um, and sometimes no sail, just kind of drifting wherever the current took me. Um, and fortunately, I, I've found friends that helped me through that. You know, uh, my best friend, Justin, went on his mission. 
um, he was part of the three amigos and he came back and, and he was there to kind of help me. Um, you know, we're still best friends to this day. We talk every single week and he was there to help me come back to life. Right. And not necessarily spiritually, but he was there to just help me, you know, we went to school together and, and, you know, Sally community college and he, and he helped me kind of put the car back in gear yeah. instead of just being in neutral. Um, you know, and, and he probably doesn't know that. And I don't know that I even have the words to thank him for saving me from just being in neutral for forever. Yeah. Um, awesome. And, and so it, you know, hopefully if he ever listens to this, he'll get a big thank you, Justin, for, keeping me progressing and moving forward. Um, That's awesome. man. One of the things that in a, your uh, podcast with Tommy Thompson, and one thing that stuck out to me is he, you know, he said, Hey, if we do everything right, then we'll be blessed with good circumstances and every, and we'll be happy. I'm like, because when he was talking and he, he wasn't with his daughter, you know, getting cancer and passed away. And I'm like, my dude, that's like right there that, that I thought that, you know, a few years down the road, uh, well, more than a few, but got married in the temple and went to the temple and did those things. And I felt like I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do. And then through lots of different reasons that didn't work out. And, um, you know, and then that shook me. And so there's kind of these moments with not being able to have kids and then Steve, and then, uh, going to the temple and doing what you're supposed to do. And then it doesn't work out. And, And, you know, that kind of shook me and shook my testimony. Um, and shortly after that, I went to the temple a few times and I was uh, sitting in the temple and I was going through for, and those who are not of our faith, we do temple work for those who have passed on um, that did not have the opportunity to do that while they were here to help them progress, um, you know, in, in the next life. Um, and I didn't feel necessarily feel the spirit in the temple. And I thought to myself the whole time, I'm like, hey, at least I did something good for someone. And it was a, a Russian gentleman. I couldn't pronounce the name very well. Um, <laughs> but he was, you know, like three, born 300 years ago. And so I was like, this guy's been waiting for a long time for somebody to do his work. So that's what I got out of it. But I felt like if I couldn't feel the spirit in the temple, then something was wrong. Yeah. And so I went home. Um and, and didn't go back to church. And I made the decision that I, I believed it, but I just didn't know if I wanted to do it. Right. And, and I kind of felt like maybe there are so many other people in this world that maybe God forgot me. Yeah. Right. Mm. Or that there are people asking for all of these different things and blessings and the things that I needed maybe weren't that important. Right. Yeah. And, and I think maybe we all feel that way with our parents sometimes when there's, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right. Or gets the oil. And, you know, especially if their parents, you know, or, or they have children with, with issues, whether it be substance abuse or whether it be physical or mental or developmental, you know, their other children maybe feel like they're forgotten sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and that's how I felt. I was like, you know, throw me a bone, like hmm. help. I'm, I'm drowning. Um, and I didn't feel like I got that help. And so I stopped going to church. Um, you know, my dad would always text me for the whole time of me being inactive every single Sunday and say, you know, where you're supposed to be. <laughs> so just go yeah. and I'd say, say thanks, but that's probably not going to happen. So every Sunday for years. Yeah. Um, and so I spent, I kind of went back to that place where after Steve died, 
right? That I just was kind of looking for fulfillment in all the places other than the spot that I knew where it yeah. would be. Yeah. Right. And so we talked about this a little bit before that growing up in Utah, it's churches is a little different. The church is the same, but kind of the experience is a little different. Right. So all your friends go to church. And so you go and you're kind of go because you're expected to. And that's just kind of what you do. Um, and uh, that you're it's just kind of like you're going through the motions for, for a lot of people, at least for me and for a lot of my friends that you're just, you're there. And then you go on a mission because you're expected to go on a mission. Right. And you don't want to look like the one kid from church that doesn't go on one. Yeah. And so you just kind of do all these things because the expectations there. It's almost more, really, it's almost more painful to not go than it is right. to go without believing. Right. Right. Yeah. Go for the wrong reasons. And my dad said, and, and bless his heart, that going for the wrong reasons was better than not going at all. And I had disagreed with him on that one. <laughs> Looking back, I probably, hopefully I, if I would have gone, I would have found out the reason, um, you know, and I didn't go, uh, during that time period. And I will always look back at it as a missed opportunity. Right. Because now I, I see a lot of the, uh, um, you know, youth from church that I was an advisor for five years yeah. and seeing them come back from the missions and the growth that they have, yeah. not just spiritually, but just be turning in from boys into men that I just look back and go, that would have been such a great opportunity for me personally, and also spiritually to have that foundation. Um, but any, anyways, and I, I apologize that the story's kind of all over the place. No, 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 no. Uh, Cause this is, this is, this is very important because you're getting to a place right now, Adam, and, and I can feel where you're going here is you're also going to, you're, you're feeling a lot of shame right here in your life right. because you go through a divorce. I mean, let, let's be real here. We, those of us that are members, those, you know, we get it. That's the, that's the highest uh, covenant that you can make with God and with another person, right. right? It's eternal marriage. It's eternal families. It's, it's, this is it, right? You seal the deal, if you will. And then it's about like keeping the commandments, working together as a team, making it happen, putting Christ first and serving others. And that's kind of the, that's the ideal life, right? If you're not a member of the church, that's just, that's kind of what we work towards. Right. And, and it's all about family, but where do you fit after you go through all these things, right? Where do you right. fit? And you said, it's not that I stopped believing. It's just that there's a hole in your life and you're trying to find out how to fill that hole. And, and of course, as a young person, what do you do? You go to the things that right. fill really quickly. <laughs> they don't then fill. You go to what's easy, right? Yes. Yes. You, what's easy. And, because and, and, it leaves a mess, but no, I was going to say it leaves a mess, but at the same time, like you just, you don't want to feel that pain, man. You don't want to feel that mm -hmm. shame. You just want to, you want to, you want to be able to make it through the day. Right. And, and I told my, you know, 15 year old told my, I said, Hey, doing the, the wrong thing is, is the easy thing in the beginning. Right. Because of all my time drinking and, and smoking and, and kind of going through those things the friends that I was doing that with had no expectations of me than to just do what they were doing. They didn't expect me to progress. They didn't expect me to grow. They didn't expect anything from me. And so it was super easy. And it was super comfortable because it was like, Hey, if you don't do anything with your life, that's cool. Let's go have a beer. Right. And, you're and available. so you're available. Was, yeah. That's all they need and, from you. And I learned as soon as I stopped doing those things that they didn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a, a interesting thing. And so 
moving on, I guess, with the story, so I don't bore people to death. Um, being, I was inactive for about nine years. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I'm not sponsored by, but a little shout out to match.com. Right. So I, it was, yes. It, how, where, how do you meet people? Cause I didn't want to meet someone at the bar. Cause I just, me personally thought that was strange, um, to meet someone and take them home. Uh, and so you didn't have your buddies like, hey, pushing into is, people, did you? No, I, they, they, none of them actually drank anymore. Yeah. So it was a different yeah. group of friends and, yeah. and I, I, I was no longer shy. I just wasn't like, I, I knew deep down inside that I wasn't going to find my forever there. Yeah. Right. Yep. And my, from beginning of my story, my whole, not life purpose, but my whole goal in life was to be a dad. Right. Yeah. And I want to have a forever family. So that stayed uh, with you even through all this stuff. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I never, yeah. never lost the, who I wanted to be. I didn't ever, I didn't always do stuff to help me get there. Sure. I, I did a lot of things to pull me further away from where I wanted to be, but I never lost what I really wanted. I just felt like it was too hard. Right. Yeah. Like why work so hard? And, and at the time my mindset was why work so hard keeping the commandments when I don't have control of the outcome. Right. Like I can do everything I'm supposed to be doing and do everything right. And, and I, life still could crap on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it could still fail miserably. And I'm like, why try so hard? It's like running a race that you know, you can never win. Yeah. And that's what I felt like at the time. And so it's kind of like, eh, if, if I know I'm never going to win, like you kind of get to the point where you go, gosh, I'm just tired. Yeah. Like I'm tired. I've, I've felt beat down. I was not in a great place. I was just going like my best effort wasn't good enough. Yeah. And so Man. I'm just going to go have fun. Uh, and so that was my mindset for a long time, but it never gave me fulfillment. Right. I never got out of that place. Of, and I don't know if I'd say sadness, but I never got out of the rut. Yeah. Right. I never progressed. I never got closer to the savior. I never, I didn't get really closer to my family, you know, per se. I, I didn't ever get back out of neutral. I did lots of stuff and I have, you know, fun memories of trips and things like that, but I never got my car out of neutral. Yeah. Right. And we're here to not be in neutral in, in, in the preexistence and in heaven. We said, this is what I want to do. I want to go and I want to progress. I don't want to be sitting in neutral because that's where we were. Right. We were sitting in neutral. We'd done everything we could up to that point in our existence. We wanted to put the car in drive and we want to go experience things. Ooh, good stuff. And there were points in my life where I go, how much did I know in the preexistence? Because is this what I would have picked? <laughs> you know, here's the movie of what your life's going to look like. I'm going, did I, did I really pick this one? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I know a lot of people that seem like they had easier lives. And so I'm like, I probably would have picked that one, it, it, you know, and that was in my very narrow, you know, uh, a view at the, at the time. Um, but I, I met Jess through match and, and she, I was in Utah and she's in Arizona. And, uh, and so I am like, Hey, my buddy lives in Chandler, which is another suburb about, you know, the other end of the Valley, but it's like an hour and 20 minutes from where I live Close and, enough. Uh, currently, but I'm like, Hey, I like the Cardinals game. So a couple of times a year I'd come down and we'd go to a Cardinals game together How cool. and, uh, and I met Jess and we started messaging and I'm like, Hey, let's, you know, let's go out. And it didn't, didn't ever work out. Like she was dating somebody or she couldn't come. Um, 
and meet up for whatever reason. And so we ended up becoming like Facebook buddies for two years. Yeah. And, and, and we finally go on this date and I'm like, Oh dude, she's awesome. And Cause she's beautiful and fun and athletic. And I'm like, this girl's rad. I know that's not a cool term anymore. <laughs> it but, is. It but, is. It stays cool with us, man. So, uh, I thought the date went great. And then she yeah, I walked her out to her car and I thought I was being, you know, smooth. And so I gave her a kiss and, uh, and I walked away and I'm like, dude, that was awesome. And she got in the car and was like, called her friend and said, it was like kissing my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so oh, no. it, we, yeah, it was, it was not good. Mm. Um, but they, and so we were friends for a while and then we started talking more and, and she's like, Hey, you know, I've got a daughter, Maya, um, from her previous marriage, her dad, Maya's dad lives here. Man. I'm, this is where I'm at. And I don't want to do the long distance thing. And I said, you know, and I wasn't making great decisions. I wasn't going to church again. I was an active at this time, but I said a prayer and I said, heavenly father, what do you want me to do? And I just got this strong feeling like I was supposed to move to Arizona and it wasn't necessarily to to date Jess. I just felt like Arizona is where I was supposed to be. You know, mm. my family was mad. I'm the only one who ever moved away. Everybody's still on holiday, yeah. which is awesome. We just got back from visiting. I miss it dearly in, yeah. in ways. Um, so Jess and I started dating and, and she says to me, she goes, Hey, I just want you to know if you ever decided to become Mormon again, we're going to have problems. Okay. And, and she, it, it, she would have said, and you know, that was her terminology at the time. Um, and so this is 20, 12. Yeah. And she goes and she says, why didn't you say why? Cause she's like, cause I wouldn't have had an answer, but she's just like, Hey, I just, that's what kind of came out. And I said, I said, that's fine because I don't ever plan on going back to church. Yeah. Um, I had just gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm just content. I'm not necessarily fulfilled. I know where I should be, but I've just, it's been so long. I felt like I was kind of just in my spot. Right. I was yeah. where I wasn't meant to be what I was where I, where I was comfortable. You're still trying to put the car and drive. You're yeah. not you're not necessarily focused on the direction you are trying to have a family, right? Like yep. that's that's a good thing. And and trying to put the car and drive that way, God's going to God's going to bless you, man. Like that's you know, you're trying to do something good in your life, right? So that's yep. good. It's it's through all of this I I realized that and we'll kind of go come back to this, but I realized that he's always there, right? Every time I asked him for help or guidance or whatever it is, he was always sitting right there. And, you know, patience is not one of my virtues. And my mom, one of my, one, like spiritually, one of my favorite people in the world, she goes, she goes, well, maybe God's trying to teach you patience. And I said, well, good luck. Yeah. And, and so I'm like that, maybe that was a challenge. That was probably a, a bad thing to say. Um, and, and in my head, I picture heavenly father sitting back in his chair and going like, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Son challenge accepted. I, yeah. I can wait longer than you can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but one of those things what, that, that I learned was that he's always there. Right. And, and not just for me, but for everyone. And he's so proud of you, man. Like he's like, he, like, that's the thing is he knows how hard it can be for us. Like, right. And, you know, yep. Like think about, think about you with your kids or like, like you see your son go through a death of his best friend sitting right there in the car with him, knowing the pain that follows that surrounds you after that. 
the shame of going through divorce and living in, in the church, you know, where, where marriage and temple marriage is the ultimate goal. Right. And, and where's your spot now? Right. And so, so you see, I can, I can see all the pieces as far as what gives Adam, you know, you, you, your younger, you, the reason to like disconnect for a while. I, I get that. I, I get that. And I'm not, I'm not mad at you for that. You know what I mean? Like as right. your, as your father, who's perfect, you're, you're weeping for that son saying, right. I'm here. You know, I'm here. I see you. I'm with you. And you know, he, I, I, I can just say like through all those times, he's proud. And as soon as you reach out, like you said, Adam, amen, man. Like as soon as you reach out, he's right there. It's, it's, it's a choice. It's gotta be a choice mm-hmm. because he, he's always beckoning. But once you do, he's right there. It's, it's uh, like the picture, right? Where he's standing at, where the savior's standing outside the door. And he's like, I, I can't open it for you because the handle's on the other side, but as I'm waiting for you to just open it and let me in. Right. And that's what he's doing for everybody. Right. He's, he's there just waiting for us to let him in, but we have to choose to do so. Right. And, and there were times in my life when I didn't uh, because of the shame of knowing that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. So it was easier just to keep him off to the side. And, and it was always odd to me that when life got the worst, I always returned to him and said, Hey, can you help me? And, and feeling shame for being like, Hey, I know I don't deserve it. Or at least in my mind, I didn't deserve it, but I need your help. Yeah. Right. And, and what I guess I was going to say, we'd talk about this later, but it took me until I became a dad to understand that and, and understand the savior's love for us and our father in heaven's love for us. Right. I always pictured uh, heavenly father and God on this it, until I became a dad on this big throne right and this in heaven and this big huge white throne and this you know white marble floors or whatever you want to call it or the clouds and you know for lack of a better word like judge joe brown right he's sitting up there with the gavel (laughs) and he's like okay let's talk about your life this is probably going to be ugly (laughs) right like i'm not going to send you the worst place but let's be honest here you didn't do very many good things or, or, or you made so many bad choices that you knew were wrong and you just made them anyways, because that's your personality. <laughs> um, you weighed out all the options and what the consequences were and you still made the, the wrong choice. Um, and, and so I had this picture of Heavenly Father, I'm like being on the, the judgment seat. Right. And then I become a dad and knowing his relationship with us and, and the love he has for us is more than I could ever fathom and more than we have for our children. But, you know, you having kids, I'm sure you can feel the same way that once I became a dad, I realized that he feels like us, like I do about my children. And there's nothing that my children could ever do that would make me not love them or mm-hmm. make me stop loving them. And there's no matter where they were in their life or whatever they did that or, or had done up to that point, that if they said, dad, help, help me, that I wouldn't drop everything to go and and take care of them and be there for them. Everything. And I didn't realize that about him until I became a dad. And I was like, and it kind of hit me. It was one of those wake up moments, right? Where I go like, whoa, wow, that's, <laughs> that that changed my narrative, right? It changed the way I prayed. It changed the way I, I thought about our father in heaven. And it changed the way I thought about our savior and our, our older brother, knowing the love that they have for us is more than I can even fathom and more than I have for 
for my children. Um, but all of this is kind of building up to the story that of my coming back to the Savior. And so um, Jess and I got married in 2014. Um, and it was awesome. It was a great time and, and, and got married in our friend's backyard. And, and it was a really special moment in my life. Um, I just, at that point had gotten a new daughter. She was six at the time, um, maybe seven or not quite seven yet. Um, and, and I thought, you know, life was, life was pretty good. Like, Hey, I made it. That's, that's my goal. I'm a dad. Um, it wasn't necessarily how I thought it was going to happen, but heavenly father had a plan for me. Right. Heavenly Father knew my heart's desires, and we'll kind of get to your heart's desires and Heavenly Father here in a, in a minute, but that the things that I thought my life were, was supposed to turn out to be or turn into was happening, right? Yeah. And so all these things happened in my life that I was like, okay, obviously the stuff that I had felt in my heart and, and the things that I felt like I was supposed to do and promises that I'd been given you know, because the covenants that we make, like, I felt like, Hey, none of, none of these things were turning out. Like it wasn't ever, it wasn't working out how I thought it was going to. No way. And in my, no, it, you no, know, no. right. Hold, hold up. That never Wait. happens to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love, dude, I love hearing that out of people's mouths. Yeah. So my plans just weren't working out. <laughs> right. I had to look elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it comes back to the, and we talked about this before that listening to all your podcasts, I'm like, we're, we're all, we're different characters and the setting's different. And maybe the time frame's different of uh, the timing of the movie, but we're like all literally having the same story. We're all having the same story. Again, settings different scenarios are slightly different characters are different, but we're all on the same journey, right? We're born. We're here to learn. We have hard times. We learn from those things, hopefully. And then we grow from them and eventually we come closer to the savior and a desire to be like him. Right. Yeah. And so we're all on the, we all feel like we're, that no one understands or no one knows where we're coming from or no one can possibly be where we are. Why me? But the reality is, is we, right. Why, yeah. why did I get stuck with this crap? Of all the people, and you know, I had anger things. I'm like, of all, there are lots of people out there that have no business having children in, in my mind at the time, right? Mm. That, you know, giving them up, they're left on doorsteps, you know, or at the fire station, whatever it may be. I'm like, gosh, Heavenly Father, I'd be such a good dad, or at least I'd do my best to be. And it's what I want more than anything in my life. How come that's the thing you had to take from me, mm. right? How come I didn't get that? And, and, you know, so there was some anger at, at the time. And, come to find out, you know, Heavenly Father sitting there with his patience and saying, hey, I can wait, just trust me, right? And there are some trust me moments that we'll talk about in my, what I call my conversion story. It took me until I was a grown man to be converted, um, even though I grew up in the church. Um, and so we had a good friend or, or someone that we met that Jess had known from the gym. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll just say Margie. I don't have her permission to give her whole name, but <laughs> Margie's, it's, she's, that person that when you talk about in some of your podcasts that just glows, yeah. that's her. She does. And anybody that's that's around Peoria, Arizona, that hears the name Margie and Glow will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. She has this light about her that it just spreads to everyone. And you okay. see her no matter how far away she is, and it makes you smile and you feel happy, yeah. right? You feel joy. Yeah. And and so she uh their daughter played 
uh, city, you know, volleyball and so did ours. And we were kind of crossing paths there. They were going into a game and we were heading out and, and Margie says, Hey, uh, how are you caught up with Jess? And she invited us to, uh, the trunk retreat for the, the ward here. Yeah. And, and so we went to that and it was cool and it was a really good time. And, you know, I, I thought, Hey, that was great. It didn't really necessarily mean a whole lot to me. I was like, Hey, great, cool. This is an awesome yeah. Yeah. Place. And we met some friends and people were really nice. Of, yeah. of course they would be. Um, and then we kind of went on our way and then she had kept in touch with Jessica and, and she said, Hey, do you guys want to go to the uh, Phoenix temple open house? How cool. And at this moment I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> and, I, and I loved it, but I, but I, I knew I'd feel the spirit there. Right. Yeah. And, and you knew she said to you, you better not be Mormon. Not. <laughs> right. Yeah. She said, I hope you don't become Mormon again. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Hey, this is cool. At least it'll give an opportunity for Jess to go in the temple and, and see some of the things that at least I've been taught my whole life. Right. Yeah. And that I believe that I yeah. just decided I didn't want to do, but at least she'd maybe understand a little bit of where I come from. Right. And had the things ever, that we believe. Had you ever been through a temple open house before? Uh, yeah, we went through the Las Vegas one okay. um, when I was what, like 10, so 35 years ago, yeah, like for yeah. forever ago. Yeah. So went through that one, um, you know, got married in the temple. So I've been through a lot of temples, but that was, that was only probably the second temple open house I've been got through it. that I remember maybe the bountiful. I don't remember the sure. car accident. My short, my memory prior to 1997 is real shoddy. Got it. Um, so I get to experience things twice for the first time. So, so real quick, this is yep. a really good point to remind you that the holiday 26 word kicked the holiday temples <laughs> over and over and over again. Ball. Anyway, back to the story, you know? Yeah. Back to the important things. Yeah. Other than, okay. Ball, ball is life. I, a lot of people <laughs> say ball is life, which it, it totally is. And, yeah. and it, you know, now we play old men ball and I, I used to make fun of the guys. So you'd have to run around for a while, warm up. I'm like, dude, yeah. What, you know, and then put the Bengay on their knees and that's I'm like, holy crap. I'm that guy. I, like I, I got it. We get through the first 10 minutes of the game before I actually feel like I get my legs under me. I'm going, Oh my gosh. I, I, go, to this happen? I go to shoot a jump <laughs> shot now. And I'm like, I don't even think I got off the floor that time. I, I, I saw your video when you finally gave up on your NBA yeah. <laughs> dream. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, was um, so we went to this open house and I totally felt the spirit and it was awesome. But of course it didn't change anything for me. Right. And, um, we went home and, mm-hmm. you know, Jess loves to take, you know, bubble baths and put, you know, Epsom salt and whatever in there and, and these things. And I'm a total nerd. So I watch the history channel and I record all the stuff on there, discovery. And so <laughs> it worked out great. Nobody wants to watch that stuff with me. So I'd watch yeah. the, the, my recorded shows and she'd take a bath. I love it. Well, little did I know at that time that she would go and get in the bath and she'd research what do Mormons believe. Yeah. Right. And so I, I had no clue. And, and she's researching. She goes, hey, there's the 12 apostles and there's a prophet and the, the church is restored the same way that the Savior had it. And she goes, well, yeah, that makes sense. And she was not raised religious at all. Okay. No she was baptized Episcopal. I think went once or twice. They didn't have any money to put in the bread tray or whatever that yeah. gets passed around. And so they felt really bad. And, and Jess's mom said, hey, uh, you shouldn't feel bad going to church. And so they never, I don't, as far as I know, they never went again. Um, and so she had really zero religious background other than there were some cute boys in her friend who was a member <laughs> of the church in, in the ward. And so she went a couple of times to, to hang out with the cute boys. Um, so she knew nothing of, of our beliefs, but she's like, Hey, 
what do Mormons believe in? So she's like, hey, family's forever and, and family's the focal point. And all of these things that rang true to her, you know, as we know her spirit, and even though she didn't know at the time that, that that's what it was, right? And so she's feeling the spirit and like, hey, this sounds right to yeah. me. It's familiar. And so one night she was uh, in the tub and she said her first prayer ever. Okay. And this is why I say she has a really cool story. She said, yeah. Heavenly Father, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And the next day, the elders knock on our door. Sure. So the missionary, missionaries knock on our door. Mm-hmm. And, and she asks the door, and she goes, babe. And I go, I'm like, uh, this <laughs> is awkward. <laughs> right. Because yeah. literally she told me, don't become Mormon. Yeah. And, and we'd never really talked about church too much other than she said, if you ever want to go, I guess you can go with some other people in the neighborhood that we know that were active uh, friends. And, and they said, hey, we'd like to, to come visit with you and share a message. Can we? Or would that be okay? And she said, yes. Yeah. And I'm just at, at that point going like, what yeah. is going on here? You're setting me <laughs> like, up. I, what, what's going I'm on? In, I'm in the twilight zone right now. <laughs> like this is, what, what happened to my wife? She <laughs> told me she didn't want to become Mormon and it'd be an issue if I became active again. Yeah. Um, and, and so they started giving us the discussions and um, we went to church. And the second I walked into the ward, it was like coming back home, right? Like you've, you've lived enough places where you know that feeling when you go back home. Yep. You're like, this is, you're like, this is where I belong. And I got that feeling when the first time we went back to church and sat through the, you know, sacrament meeting um, or the, yeah, for people not of our faith, uh, kind of uh, like mass. Yeah. And, and I'm like, it just feels right. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and, and that was a huge turning point for me. Um, like coming back home, like reconnecting with the person that I know I was supposed to be, Um, you know, and and Heavenly Father sitting up there being like, I told you I could wait. (laughs) Like um, I have, I have nothing but time. And so uh, we went through the discussions and because when Steve passed away in that kind of time of me sitting in neutral, I didn't go on a mission again. Um, I know we talked about that, but she had a lot of questions and I didn't feel qualified to answer. Sure. Because sure. up to that point, my testimony was going through the motions, yeah. you know, until I was 19, 20 years old. And I'd never done, and looking back, I realized that I didn't put the work in yeah. to have a strong enough testimony to make it through the hard times. Like, right, when you take some punches and you get knocked down, I didn't put the work in to have a testimony to get me through that. Yeah. And so when I got knocked down, even though I knew it was right, I just kind of fell away. I didn't get back up. Yeah. Right. Cause I didn't have the foundation cause I didn't put the work in. I just had lived off my parents' testimony. Yeah. Right. Borrowed life. Uh, for my whole life. And, and sometimes when, and it's a great analogy, sometimes when it gets so dark, if you don't have your own, you can't borrow someone else's all the time. Right. You can't yeah. borrow someone else's, else's oil, like the, you know, parable yes. of the 10 virgins, yep. virgins. And, and so going back felt so good and we're going through the discussions and she has these questions and, I wouldn't say arguments, but we had some very heated debates about some of the gospel principles. <laughs> no, this and is great. It, it, and she goes, well, so you're telling me this and this and this and that. And to not, you know, be, be a missionary, not go too deep into to some of those discussions, not that they're secret, but she's like, so you're telling me if you don't do this, you don't get to go to heaven. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> well, that doesn't make sense. I don't know what to tell you. That's just the way it is, babe. Like, I love you. I can't explain why, but the, yep, that's the rule. 
Yeah. And so, and so we have these. She's going, what in the world? What? Yeah. She's like, that's stupid. Right. <laughs> no way is that how it works. Cause that's dumb. Cause it shouldn't work that way. Amen. Right. Everybody should get the reward. You know, if, if you will, if, if you're a good person, you should get all the rewards in, in the world. Amen. And all the, all everything that the Heavenly father can give, you God know, didn't and, set up a certain people to make it to heaven and right. to like not have a chance. He's not a respecter right. and there's opportunity for all. Right. Absolutely. And so, and, and I explained it to her just because my limited, uh, you know, vocabulary, I guess I'm not, you know, like, you know, Forrest Gump, I'm not a smart man, <laughs> but, but I know what I feel. Jessica. I I believe, right. Yeah. And so, um, I, I said, Hey, it, it's kind of like with our 15 year old, I'm like, Hey, I, I love you and I'll give you everything you can, but here are some rules that we have and in order to get the rewards you have to do the things we've asked you to, right? And, and to, to oversimplify, it's like, hey, not right now, but someday she's going to be like, hey, can I take the car? And I'm like, cool. Did you do the other things we asked you to do? Like, here are some things that are set up that if you do these things, you get the reward. If you don't do those things, you don't get the reward. It doesn't mean we love you any less. It doesn't mean we won't give you everything we possibly can. But hey, here are some guidelines and rules that, that we've set up and that we have to keep. And if you do those things, then you get the rewards that come along with those things, right? And if you don't do them, you're not in trouble. You just don't get the reward, right? It's like potty training my daughter when she, that's been better than I thought it would be. I'm like, <laughs> hey, you go pee in the potty. You get to put a sticker on this, on sticker board. Well, she's like, well, I want to put a sticker on. I'm like, but you can't because you didn't go pee, you know? And so that's oversimplifies it, but it's like there are rewards that we've been promised if we keep the commitments that we've made, right? And and so we kind of talked about that. I'm like, well, you can't get the reward if you don't do, if you, if you don't keep your part of the bargain, if you will, or part of the deal. And so we, we had some really struggles with that. And the missionaries would come over and they say, Hey, this is not the next lesson, but the spirit told us this is the one we're supposed to teach you. Yeah. And every single time it was on yeah, whatever we'd been having that discussion about. Right. And she's like, are you calling them? And I'm like, babe, I promise I'm not. <laughs> You're texting them. Because I because I, I wasn't, right? And, and so all of these things, again, looking back, are little spiritual moments or those tender mercies that built my testimony. And we all know through scriptures, the Bible, Book of Mormon, all of these things, that very, very rarely is anybody converted by a big major thing, right? Look at Laman and Lamuel, look at whoever, pick whoever you want and saw angels and all these things and they weren't converted. It's small little things over time, build that foundation, build that base. And so all, you know, and, and the car accident and, and saving me when scientifically I shouldn't be here, that didn't convert me, right? Yeah. Little tidbits of knowledge and information, spiritual moments, Built, built my testimony. Um, and so we ended up right before the baptism, all kind of tech broke loose in some aspects of our life. Um, and it was kind of like Satan did everything he could to, to not let us get baptized. Yeah. Um, and during kind of this, you know, progress, I talked to Bishop, my Bishop and, and he's one of my spiritual, uh, like the giants, right? Like yeah. I called him before and I said, Hey, you know, we still go to lunch once a month, even though he's not the bishop anymore. And uh, I just said, hey, you know, would you do me a solid and, and say a prayer that this goes well? And I say something smart uh, <laughs> that helps someone. And he said, of course I will, you know, and um, 
talking to him, he said, Hey, I feel like you need a calling. And I said, me too. I'd love to work with the young men, you know, because I had such good experiences with the, with the young men advisors that I did. And he's like, I think that'd be perfect for you. So, so started cool. doing that. And then he said, Hey, uh, you know, where are you at spiritually? And we started talking to that. And I said, I'd, I'd like to start wearing my garments again. Right. And, 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 and some of those, those covenants and um, not to go into too deep of, of those things, but he sure. said, I think you should. Yeah. Right. And, and through this, this process of becoming active again, I said, I'd really like to baptize my girls. I'd like to be the one to do it. And he said, I think you should too. Let's do what we need to do to get you there. So cool. And so my mission, even though it wasn't what I expected it to be, if you will, still happened. Oh, right. Totally. And so totally, man. So still happening. March, yeah. Oh yeah. It's the, it's not over. It's yeah. lifelong. Right. Yeah. Um, and so March 7th of 2015, yeah. um, got to baptize both girls. And that was, you know, one of those, another spiritual moment for me that built my foundation of my testimony. Right. And so we're, we're sitting there and we go, Hey, uh, just said, Hey, I don't want to have any more kids. And I said, that's cool. Cause I can't, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> I got an easy then, answer for you. Yeah, me too. That's perfect. <laughs> Golden. We are, you could not have picked a better guy to say that to, right? Uh, because the, it's just not, it's not possible. It's not going to happen. You know, my doctor told me when I was little, he said, I would never say never, but if I was going to say never to someone, you'd be the someone I'd say never yeah, to. Yeah. Right. And, and so four years ago, she goes, maybe a little more than four years ago, she goes, Hey, do you, do you want to try and have a, a baby? Do you, do you think we should have one more? And I said, yeah, like we should. And, and so we, you know, we're praying and, and fasting and, and how do we do all this thing? And thank heavens for modern science. Um, we uh, found a way. And so we kind of fasted and prayed and we got our answer that, yes, this is what we're supposed to do. And so we go through, through this and we're not young, you know, we're in our forties. Um, and so we went to the fertility clinic and they said, Hey, let's, let's see where you're at. And at least, you know, let's see how many eggs you have or follicles or not to go into all the science. I learned yeah. a lot yeah. through all this process. <laughs> you had science the, class the way, at 40. The way a woman's anatomy works. Um, but they, they did the ultrasound and all these things. And they said, Hey, we've never seen someone, you know, in their early forties have this many, you know, follicles that could become eggs. Right. Wow. And, and then they, we got ready and went through the whole process and did the egg harvest. And they said, Hey, we've never harvested this many eggs. Like Jessica was literally like the world record setter no for where she was at in life. Wow. And so we went through the, you know, fertilizing of the, of the eggs process. And they said, Hey, we've never had this many fertilized. Yeah. And then we've never had this many become an embryo and, and then go to blast and start growing cells no and so that they could be a viable, you know, option. Wow. And so in my mind, I'm like, Hey, we're like, we're set. This is, this is, you know, this is going to happen. Maybe we'll have one, maybe we'll have two. I don't know. Let's throw three in there. Right. Not three. She would have killed me, but I'm like, Hey, let's have twins. We've got like, so at the end of the day, we had five embryos that, that yeah. were, you know, viable options. No um, and we sent them to go get the genetic testing. Sure. And they all came back non-viable. Uh, and so uh, this, my heart like sank because yeah. I had said my prayers and Justin, I had said my prayers and, and I got this answer. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. Like hundred percent. This is what's supposed to happen for you. 
And when we got that news, it shook me. I was like, mm. Heavenly Father, how do you give me the answer of this is what you're supposed to do and this is how it's supposed to happen and this is what's supposed to be part of your life. There's someone in heaven waiting for you and they're supposed to be part of your family. Mm. And how, how do I get that answer and then have it not work out? Yeah, like you lied to me. Yeah, like you, what? what's the deal? Like yeah. there is, and, and I didn't get to the point where it's like, not again because i'd yeah gotten to the point where yeah. my testimony was stronger than that yep. but i but i still, still it had that hurt yeah you right? still you still have the questions man that's okay you know you know and, and jess goes she goes i didn't get the same answer she jessica didn't get the same answer i got from our prayers right she got the answer give it a try and if it works out great and if it doesn't that's okay yeah. you've still got an awesome daughter yeah and to me i was like going this is a little aha moment where our father in heaven knows us so well. Like he knew where we were and he knew where we were supposed to be, but he knew she needed a different answer than I needed or a different variation of the same answer to get us to the same point. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so he, he knows the way my mind works and he knows the way she works. And he knows us that intimately that he knew what he needed to tell her to get yeah. her where she needed to be. And he knew what he needed to tell me. Yeah, that's good. And, and so we, you know, uh, conference was coming up and it was the, the priesthood session. And, you know, we're, we're told as members that said, Hey, go with a question, go with the question and you'll get an answer. Right. That's what we're told all the time. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, bang. Okay. I've got a good one. <laughs> I have a question for you. And so I'm sitting there during priesthood and, and I'd set my prayers. I was fasting and I'm like, I want to understand your will. Yeah. Right. Like why I want to know why. Yeah. Like I want to at least have something to give me that comfort of a for sure answer. And then it's doesn't work out. Yeah. And so, uh, we, um, are, I'm sitting there and it's getting close to the end and I'm kind of getting frustrated with heavenly father being like, I, I'm here, I'm waiting. And I'm sitting there the whole time thinking this, and that was very arrogant of me and I shouldn't have, um, I'm still working on some of those things, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I was told if I come with a question and if I fast and I do these things, I will get an answer to my prayer. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there like going like any time, like, please, I, I did what I was told. Right. And, and kind of like, you know, back to, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Tommy Thompson. Hey, you do all the things you're supposed to do and life's mm -hmm. supposed to work out. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and then towards the end of it, I wrote it down. It's in my phone now. And I, so I can't look it up and let, or I'll turn us off, but a voice came in my head as, as clear as day. And it said, it's not for you to understand my will or my reasons. But what you're supposed to understand is that, that if you do what you're supposed to be doing and do what I ask of you, that no matter what happens, it will be for your eternal good. And that, that shook me, but in the right way, right? Like it's not my time frame. It's not my plan. It's not, it's, Having the trust in our Father in Heaven and in our Savior, that no matter what works out, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, or if we're trying to do what we're supposed to be doing, right? Even if we fail miserably, but we're trying, that it will work out. And if we just trust in Him, that it's all going to be okay, right? Yeah. And, and so that was one of those moments for me where I go, like, thank you, yeah. right? I still don't understand why at, the, at that moment. Um, but thank you for giving me that clarity and that answer to my prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day and she said, Hey, 
I said, Hey Fran. And, uh, and she, she goes, and, uh, she, and we were just talking about blessings and things of that sort. And she just said, um, that we're blessed on our efforts, not the results. Right. We're not blessed if we succeed. We're not blessed if, um, like Nathan Hales was saying, we're not blessed if we stay sober for those moments. We're blessed if we're trying, right? We get the blessings based on our efforts, not on our successes. And I thought that was kind of huge for me because I feel like I try really hard on a lot of things like come see my house and the DIY projects are all not great, but I try real hard. So hopefully we get the blessings on trying, but that, that's, I, I, I try real hard. And and so I, I appreciate the fact that we get blessings on, on the effort. Um, and at that moment that helped me, it helped heal some of that pain, right? I didn't have to go looking for other, other things. I didn't have to go out and, and drink or smoke or do whatever it was to, um, you know, or go buy myself a new car or whatever, whatever it may be. I didn't have to, to fill that void or that hurt. Yeah. Cause I'd gotten that, that answer from, you know, heavenly father and, and made that kind of connection with him and became closer to him through that trial and being humble enough to accept the answer he gave me, even though it wasn't necessarily the one I was looking for. I love that, man. It's, um, <clears throat> and you know, it's, it's, it's like, well, I, okay. From an outsider looking in that doesn't really hasn't ever been where you're at right now. You'd say, yeah, well, you didn't get what you want. And so like, you got to keep working for it. You know, you can't give up, you can't quit. Um, but like, that's you get you're kind of left with bitterness right like that's like a frustrating thing but there is nothing better nothing more powerful in like the most peaceful way Mm -hmm. um than coming to the understanding of exactly what you said that trust that like we don't have to have all the answers we don't have to have everything in our minds, the way that we think it should go lining up perfectly for us Mm -hmm. to be happy. Right. The greatest happiness we can have is understanding that God, God's got it. He's got it. Like he's got us accepting his love, accepting his incredible care for us and concern for us. And just releasing all of that. Um, anxiety of the rat race Mm -hmm. and the fact that you have to have a to feel good about whatever um right because that doesn't it doesn't ever work that stuff never works but Mm -hmm. when we can finally say i can let it go and i can let him and i can just i can just connect with him you know i've thought so much about this lately adam and i'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here and then i want to come back to you to 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 we'll kind of wrap it up and ask some questions yep. if, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I've had this thought a lot lately um, with my personal prayers. Um, I, I'm not really the guy that's ever been like, Hey, you need to ask like all the right questions to get the answers in life that will really change your world and make mm. it better. I, I just, I, I can't say that I believe that about prayer. Right. Uh, do I doubt it? No, I don't. I don't doubt it. It's not that I'm saying that, but but what I've seen, um, I I trust. Yep. Right. It, it says in the scriptures, yep. God will give us in that very moment what we should say in our prayers. He'll right. give 
that to us in that moment. And I've found myself literally as I, as I got to a place in my life, like you did of just that trust. I -hmm. trust you. I don't know the, all the answers, but I trust you. So guide me, lead me, take me to greener pastures, if you will. Right. The, the words that come out of my mouth in prayer, words of gratitude, words of love, words of thank you, and words of put me where you need me to be, and just help me to be in a place in my life where I can hear your voice when you tell me to act. And when you tell me, when you tell me someone needs to be loved, help me to move. Help me yep. to move in that direction and help me to see them because I want to do whatever you want me to do. It's not, yep. I, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this. I, I mean, there's nothing, listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that's wrong. That's not what I'm trying right. to say because we do need to act and I get that, but, but I, I believe it changes and the pressures that we feel of, of who we need to be in this world. Right. Right. It changes. The game kind of changes. Yep. And all of a sudden we just say, Hey, look, I just want to, I want to plug into you. I just want to open that door for you and have you come into my life and show me the way because I've seen, I've seen your beauty and it's amazing. I want that. I want my eyes to be yours. (laughs) Yep. That's a a perfect tangent. Uh, Kind of three things from that. Um, One, when the girls decided to get to accept the invitation to be baptized, right? Jessica said, I don't understand all the things about the gospel, but I do understand how I feel. And that's enough for me. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and I think that a lot of people are searching and say, Hey, I need to know all the answers, right? I need to know all these answers when oftentimes just knowing how you feel and being willing to accept that is enough of an answer, right? Cause that's an answer in and of itself. Um, my Bishop who's your old Bishop um, who's been released I was talking to him and I said, Hey, I don't feel like I'm as connected to the saviors. I should be our father in heaven. Um, you know, and he's like this fountain knowledge. And he said, are you saying your prayers? And I go, well, yeah, duh. Of course I do. And he said, morning and night. And I said, yeah. He said, but do you say them on your knees? And I said, I don't. And he said, I promise you. And I will extend that promise to everyone that's listening that if you will do it on your knees, morning and night, set aside some time before you walk out the door, whatever it is. But if you say your prayers on your knees, morning and night, it will change your relationship with our savior and our heavenly father. That's good. I promise you it will. It did for me. And I know he gave me that promise because he knew it would work. Right. He had hundred percent confidence telling me that because he knew it would work. And I, I passed that invitation along or that challenge along that if you're looking to become more connected, mm-hmm. pray on your knees morning and night. And for, I don't reason that I can't explain why that seems to make a difference whether it's showing humility or whatever, whatever it may be, that will change your relationship. That's awesome. Um, and, and then, you know, with the, Hey, I want to be part of that thing. You said, I feel very unqualified for any calling that I've ever had uh, in the church. I, you know, my history, I not a return missionary. I'm not the super, not a college graduate. I'm not the smartest person in the, you know, in the world. I'm a sales guy. I've been my whole life. Um, but I was told that, God doesn't need a qualified person. He needs a willing person and then he will qualify you. Right. And, and so I I felt that a little bit about our, our, you know, podcast tonight. I don't know that I have the right thing to say to someone, but through him, whatever I say will 
hopefully reach somebody in the right way that they need it to. I know. Uh, so uh, that was a perfect tangent, even though you said it was a tangent, it, it was kind of great because it, it goes along with the story. Um, to not keep everybody too long, um, some really beautiful things happened after after uh, that scenario where we didn't uh, weren't able to to get pregnant. Uh, the fertility clinic called us and they said, "Hey, uh, through long story short, we've got one more option for you. We've got one more try, and, and we'd like for you guys to come and do one more try." And at that point we said, Hey, we've already been through all the hormones and the hormone treatments and all of those things. Like what's one more back, you know, round, right. Just to get her ready for the transfer. We didn't need to harvest any more eggs or so we only had to do the, the transfer part, no um, which was super hard on, on, on her and, and any uh, women that go through that, you have my like love because the sacrifice that women go through to get us here is something that as men, we can never possibly understand. And so mm-hmm. my undying love and devotion to all moms, but we said, Hey, let's, let's give it a go, you know, and we prayed and, and we fasted and, and we said, Hey, what's the worst could happen. We end up right back where we are. Um, so long story short, there's one, one embryo and they're like, Hey, we got one shot. This is it. And so we went and did the transfer and, and then we ended up getting pregnant. And, and that's how we have our, our little Harley. So she's kind of our, our, all of these, you know, bumps in the road are not understanding the whys all the things that I was hoping for in life and, and, and what I wanted to be have, have come to fruition and not that my life is perfect and not that I have joy every single day. Right. And not that I'm happy every day. Like I'm human when we all have those things, but by coming back to the savior, we have peace, right? Like that gives us peace. It doesn't give us perfect life. It doesn't, but it gives us that peace, like that trust, like things are going to work out. Things will it might not be on our time frame. It might not be how we thought it would. It might not be in any way that we fathomed, but that there's that peace that if we do what we're supposed to do, and I know that I sound like my parents right now. Um, you got some good parents in, man. <laughs> peace that you will have in your in your life mm-hmm. by doing those things and, and accepting him and opening that door for the Savior to come into your life, right? Um, and some of, like, there's so many little blessings that I didn't, really notice while I was going through some of the trials in my life. But then I look back and I'm like, gosh, that like little thing happened. And then there was this little thing. And, and through all of those trials and all those times, the savior was there, right? He was there to comfort me in moments that I didn't ask for him to, but he was there with me. And, and I look back and I see those things now, but at the moment I felt so alone mm-hmm. and I felt like no one understood. And there was no one there. And the, amazing thing or one of the many about what the savior did for us is that every you know we all think hey he suffered for our sins right well he he did that but he also felt every sorrow that we felt and every shame and every joy and and every possible emotion that we could have and so he's that person that is there for us and so you're never alone there's never a point or a place that you'll ever be in your life where there isn't someone who understands where you're coming from. Cause he was already there, right? He, he already felt that sadness. So he's there for you and he can be there for you if you just let him. Right. And, and so there's so many little things in my life that I didn't figure out until I was a semi old man um, that I wish I would have known, but that it's life can be really, really good. 
And all of those trials that we're going through are teaching moments for us, right? They're moments for us that put our car in drive and end that progression through this life and learning. And anybody who knows, you can't learn something without effort. If something's easy, then you don't learn much from it. And so those trials that you're going through are there as part of our learning process to become like our father in heaven and like our savior. Um, and there's lots of stories and, and cool things that we can talk about some other time. Cause I know we've got a, a time crunch here, but I hopefully share a message to people out there that there's hope yeah. right at the end of the day, there's hope for peace. What an awesome story. You got your Harley, man. You got your heart. So, so tell I me, got my little Harley. Yes. What? Tell me what the name Harley represents. What does that mean? Like, why Harley? You know, it's kind of a silly story. Um, we uh, there's a character on our TV show we liked, and we liked the name. So there were two characters, and it was between Harley and Golly. I can't remember <laughs> what the other one was, and and we went with Harley. Yeah. Um, we'd actually in super fast side story, we were contacted by a birth mom because between yeah. Harley and, and getting pregnant there and, uh, and the kind of failed attempt before we decided, yeah. Hey, we're still meant to let's try and adopt and kind of nothing came from it. And we built a website and all these things. And then like the day after we found out we were pregnant with Harley or the day after the transfer, we got contacted by, uh, you know, birth mom. Yeah. And every, everything kind of went great. And, and she said, Hey, I pick you. And we went through this whole process. And, and then at about a week before the due date, she's like, Hey, I'm having second thoughts. And then, and then she had um, her son and uh, she decided to not go through with the adoption. And, and, yeah. and I was kind of like, you know, that was one of those moments where what? I, I think it, it, right. Why? Yeah. But my, but my testimony was there. Like, I'm yeah. just looking at Heavenly Father yeah. and say, this hurts real bad. Yeah. You know, this, we're expecting something, but I trust you that whatever's supposed to happen will happen. Right. And that we'll get blessed as long as we do what we're supposed to do. And, and that ended up being, I think the right decision for her and, and it's worked out and we still, you know, follow and stay in touch and stuff. And, How cool. um, and so it's been like, there are just lots of things that even again, when you do us right, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard things. You're not going to yeah. have trials. Yeah, but that you have that person there to help you through them and understands where you've been and that you have that faith and that trust that in the peace again, that you'll come out, you'll come out the other side. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my story, I guess. That's it's a, it's a long, long winded. No, 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 no. Like stop. I mean, you did it. Gosh, that's an amazing Adam from the get go with leukemia for you. I mean, talk about you, this, you could have one phenomenal story, just talking about this whole thing about getting Harley here and the, the journey went on through that, but the pain of losing a best friend, the going through divorce and, and, and the pain of that and an eternal marriage and, you know, borrowed light and, and all that. But what is amazing is he showed up. He always shows up. He's there. I, I remember in the book of Mormon, um, there's a few verses in a chapter that say basically talk about a people that lived a long time ago in the Americas and how they were really not living the best lives in the world. And at the mm -hmm. end of every verse, it says, and my arm was stretched out still yep. like he was reaching for them. And I just think, I think that's it. Like he, he mm -hmm. passionately pursues us. He, 
wants us to come home so bad. I think sometimes, I think sometimes it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking, God, you know, why would, why would a God that loves us and wants us all to return home, put us on this earth and, and awful things happen to people, even good people. Right. Yeah. Like it's hard. That's a, that's a hard, that's a tough pill to swallow. But when you trust in his will, you understand that there is so much more for us after this life. And honestly, like he's provided the way, the perfect way for us to have that. And it's Jesus Christ. And whether you're, whether you don't get a chance to live longer than a day or whether you're taken in, 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 in your teen years or unfair, like whatever it is, there is a perfect way. Because just like you said, Adam, long story short, what, what in the, in the end run long side of things matters that you have a savior that knows you perfectly, not just, not just knows us as a mass perfectly because he took sin upon him. And so he understands drinking. He understands Adam. He understands Adam's mindset as Adam goes to take a drink. And the sin is not really the, the liquid, the, the, the sin right. is being off the path of having your mind, your will in line with God. It's, it's thinking there's some other way to gaining joy and happiness that might last. It, that doesn't work. It never does. Yep. He's patient. He's kind. He's loving. He beckons us to come home and he shows up for us in our darkest moments of our lives. When, when we are sitting there going, why did you tell me to go through with this? that there was a child for me at the, on the other side of this. You, I heard you tell me to do this. I, I have another friend, John Willison, who his example of this was he gave his daughter a blessing and heard very clearly tell her that she would be healed. Mm-hmm. She wasn't healed in the way that he thought. She right. over time was healed. But like those are hard things to face. But he had a better, he had a better answer for you. And you knew that going through that trial, you stayed, you didn't go anywhere. And before in your younger days, what would have happened when you faced that trial? You would have have run away. And so now, now in your mind, in your heart, you know, you're not going anywhere. You are, you're firmly planted. You are there. And God doesn't need to know that about you. He already does. You right. got to know that about yourself. Yep. How cool is that to say, hey, it may have taken me a minute to get there, but it doesn't matter. I got there. Right. And, and I I am I will stay and I will trust and I will gladly give whatever I need to give to God so that he can take me in whatever path he feels is best for me because he knows the way, you know? Amen. Absolutely. Let me, I'm going to share a scripture with you. And I've got like two questions for you. Is that cool? Okay. So when you, when you were talking the whole time, and especially when you kind of landed on that trust, um, when, when at the end of conference, after you had lost, uh, after, after Jessica didn't get pregnant, um, when like you were breaking all the records, right? Jess is Mm -hmm. breaking all the records. You weren't breaking any records. Like I know you had. No, (laughs) I just showed up to the appointments. (laughs) (laughs) You're just the other guy. She's breaking all the records. My wife is a rock star. This is amazing. (laughs) Part of your why was, well, you told me that yes, but, but also God, like in you not doing this for us, I look like the failure. Cause she was like, she knocked everything out of the park. Right. So, right. Right. Anyway, 
there's a, there's a scripture that just kept coming to my mind when you were saying that. So it's Proverbs three and it's uh, verse five and six. And, and most people will know the scripture. It's very popular. It's a great one, but trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I mean, did you write that? Did you write those two verses right there? <laughs> I, th- I think I just, they must have been stuck in there from all those, uh, all those teachers that taught me and didn't know if I was actually listening. Uh, some of it stuck. And I think that's the important thing. And I hope that's the same with my kids, that some of those things that we teach, at least little tidbits will, little nuggets will stick in there. They, um, they and do. I'm sure that's what happened with me. They do. And, and now, now you're teaching the young men and you're, you're an active part of your ward. You're making a difference in people's lives, um, in, in your circles, if you will, in Arizona and, and God uses us, right? I mean, that's the beauty of it. And so grateful to be a part of it now that I see it so much more clearly in my, in my, I would say wiser years, but I don't, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> no, I know. I'm older. I'm not wiser. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I know who's in charge. I know, I know who right. that's, that's, if that makes yep. me wise, I'll take it. That's wisdom. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, love you, man. Like I'm, I'm really Likewise. proud. I'm just, I, 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 I know that that word proud, you have to be careful. I don't care. I'm proud of you, man. Like you're a stud and I, your journey has been hard and I'm sorry you lost your buddy. And, and, um, I, I don't remember that to be honest, quite frank with you. I don't remember that, but you've, you've had, you've had a lot of, of hurdles in your life that could have tripped up anybody and yeah. looking at where you're at today and, and reconnecting with you in Arizona and feeling your passion and your energy for life and love for the savior, just I, it makes me better. Like I remember walking away that day in Arizona and feeling like, God, man, so glad I know Adam. Like, I'm so grateful I know Adam. So a um, couple questions for you. Yeah. Um, what do you ever have moments in your life where you think you like you feel Steve close? Sure. Sure. I do. Uh, you know, and we didn't talk about this, but um, my big sister, Heather, passed away uh, in, in 2008. Um, and I've, I've felt Steve throughout my life. Um, but when I brought, when we brought Harley home from the hospital, it was probably the first night and I was sitting on the couch holding her, uh, and, uh, she was looking in the corner of the room and she had the biggest smile on her face and she was just staring in the corner of the room and I felt, and I knew my sister was there. Like she was standing over my shoulder, looking down and, and Harley was looking at her and I knew she was, and I knew she was there. And it was this awesome, warm feeling. And I, and I felt Steve throughout my life, but that was um, probably one of the more recent, you know, kind of poignant moments where we're not that far away from our loved ones, right. That are, that are gone. Like she was there, Harley was smiling at her. You know, thank heavens babies can't talk because the veil is too thin. And so they tell us a lot of stuff we're not ready to know or yeah. Heavenly Father doesn't want us to know. Yeah. But she was there um, just like she were standing behind me right now. Yeah. Like I knew it. Hardly knew it. Hardly was smiling day. and laughing and just right in the corner of the room. And it, it was it was a pretty awesome experience. Clear as day. Um, old Testament Malachi, right? I will, I will bind the the hearts of the children, their fathers, and the fathers of children. That's God's plan. 
that's that's God's plan. You know, like sometimes we say that and we worry about how people feel about it, but it's like, no, man, it's God's plan. Trust God. You know, don't worry about people that doubt. Right. Like, no, Yep. there. Um, cool. So tell me, tell me this, go back to, go back to any kid right now. That's, that's struggling. That's got these hurdles in their life. They're kind of in Adam's stage at like, let's say 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what, what do you say to a kid that's trying to figure out life that doesn't have their own light yet, their own oil in their lamp, if you will. Um, and is, and is starting to kind of like be persuaded by some of these instant gratification fixes, if you will, for happiness. Right. What do you, what do you say? Um, I would hope that they would do differently than I did. Right. Cause because my mom always said, Hey, I hope you learn from my mistakes and don't have to suffer through those same things. I, I hope that my children and anyone else there, anyone else out there listening, that they can learn through from our mistakes, right? And and can hopefully listen and understand some of the self-inflicted pain, right? That there's no there's no substance or there's no situation or there's no significant other right that can can fix you right or that can fix the hurt there's no situation that can do that trust me i've looked for all of them i know lots of people that have looked for all of them i've got family members that have and haven't come out the other side didn't survive the search um that they're isn't anything out there that can fill that void for you other than the savior that there's, especially the way the world is right now that it, you know, it's prophesied that, you know, good will be, be made to look bad and bad will be made to look good. And all you have to do is turn on the TV right now. And there's such this allure to live for the moment. And if it makes you feel good, it's okay. And that you should do it. Um, But that's not reality. That's one of those. misguided truths right that that if it feels good that it's okay there are so many things that are waiting for you that feel good is great right but feel good goes away the high goes away the drunk feeling goes away the feeling of a new relationship if if that's whatever you feel might make you feel better all of those things go away not one single one of them lasts and, and as soon as that feeling goes away, then you have to find something new and you will spend your time searching for something to fix the problem when there isn't anything other than one thing. And that is to accept the savior in your life. One of the things, and I know it's, it's maybe super hard. And I I think you've talked about this in another podcast that if you will just pray on your knees morning and night. And if you'll read the scriptures every single day, give yourself 30 days. You don't need a year. You don't need all these things. Give yourself 30 days and you will notice a change start. It might not be a huge change. It might not be, be something that everything is better, but it will be a change that you will notice and be willing to recognize it. But don't spend your time and life searching for something that can't bring you that one thing that you're, that you're looking for because none of those things will. Yeah, man, that's good. Sorry, that was kind of heavy. No, 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 that's good. And I, and I literally in my mind, I'm thinking 
it's a, it's a proven, it's a proven pattern, prayer, scripture study, not just by one religion, by many religions, right? Prayer, meditation, scripture study leads you to this place of, of serenity and peace and joy and love. And if you look at what happens to people that go to these temporary highs of drugs and alcohol and, you know, marketing will tell you to spend all your money on clothing and like all these things that will give you happiness and make you feel and look a certain way. And what paths look, look down those roads, stop and look down those roads and see where people are at there. There's a wake of broken people along that path. Mm-hmm. But the great right. thing is the savior's there still. And then he grabs yep. them and he brings them over here and he's like, Nope, right. this works better. And then all of a sudden they're out. They're the loud ones that are like, Jesus, hallelujah, you know? Mm-hmm. And so grateful can, for them. Yeah. Can I add one thing to that, yeah, please. That I, I feel like that in society and not to go off on a whole nother tangent, but we're, looking for those small moments of fulfillment, right? Because of selfishness, right? That if you truly want to feel better and it's instant, do something for someone else. Yes. Do something for someone else and you will get that instant feel good, right? You'll get that instant endorphin, whether that person, you open the door for someone, whether they say thank you or not, because you're serving someone else and another child of God, you will get instant endorphins or you'll get instant gratification. And that's a good instant gratification. If you want instant gratification yes, and it's something you need right now and and, and you you can't, you can't wait the 30 days to feel a difference. Go serve. Yes. Go do something for someone else. And I guarantee you by the time you're done, whatever it is, you will have that instant gratification and you have that instant high and you'll have that instant feel good about yourself. We're promised. I've seen it. I've been part of it. And there's never been a time that I, and, and sometimes begrudgingly, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, I have so many other <laughs> things to do on Saturday. Yeah. But every single time I come back and I'm like, I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I went. So go and bless someone else's life. Amen. Change the focus on yourself for a minute and it will give you that thing you're looking for. Amen. It's amen. But 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 I don't want to I don't want to spend my money on somebody else. I want to buy that pair of pants that I've wanted for a while or that, right. you know, and that, it's a hard. It's because it's sure. Yeah, but, but service but, isn't service isn't buying, right? It doesn't. It's not money. It's like no. be nice. Yes, in, in, invite the person that doesn't have a friend at lunch. Yes, to have lunch with you, or go right? sit by him. Go, go sit by him. Yes. Open the door for someone. If you yes. see a, an elderly person out to their car, ask them if they need help. They'll probably tell you no. Yeah, but ask them if they need help. If you see someone over you know, trying to fix their tire. I, I know some of these things and, and there are crazy people out there, but it's like, if there's an opportunity and it's safe, right. Pounce on it. Then, then jump on it. Like yeah. there's so much that and everybody can do it. I don't care who you are, how big you are, how old you are, how little you are, how young you are. Every single person can do something nice for someone else. Yeah. Yep. And it can be simple and small, but it will change the way you feel and it will bring you joy. Intent, be intentional about it. So Joe Smith, one of the yep. earlier podcasts I had, he started the podcast by saying service is actually one of the most selfish things you can do. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And he went on to say, look, think about it. When you serve, what happens to you? Right. Instant joy, instant yep. joy. And it's like, yep. yeah, you're right. And of course it's not, 
you're not doing it because you're trying to be selfish, but, but, but it's, it's amazing that what comes back to you is so amazing. You're exactly right, Adam. Thanks for throwing that in there. Last question. You ready for this? Yep. Um, question I end all my podcasts with because of those darkest times, those hardest, most difficult times for you, what is the gift that you were given? The gift is hope. The, The gift for me is hope. And, and I think I would add to that piece, right? Then no matter where you are, there's hope. There's light at the end of every tunnel. Even if you can't see it, it's there. And it might be a really long tunnel. And the, the light might seem very dim, but there's light at the end of every single one. And all you have to do is not give up and try. And it might not always be a great effort. And it might not always feel like you're making any progress. But the gift that I was given is hope that if as long as I'm trying, it's going to be okay eventually. And it might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but things will get better as long as I don't give up. And as long as I have hope and that there's someone out there that understands me and knows what I've been through. And if you need somebody, just reach out because there are people there willing to, to help you. Um, so don't, don't lose hope. Awesome. Awesome. And, and taking one small step in that right direction. He knows where you're at. He will help you and he will guide you and uh, he'll help you. He'll help you come into that light. So Adam, you're awesome, man. Love you, brother. Um, Appreciate you likewise. Oh, dude, just so grateful you share and, and tell Jessica, I'm probably going to track her down and have her share a story. Cause I think that, that'd be fun to hear the other side of it. And right. uh, you told your husband, he, he should never be a Mormon again. And yet yeah, here well, you are. All about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. And, um, you've been through a lot and you're a great guy. You're doing some amazing things and, and you're giving it to God. And that's what, that's, what's so important. And, I know, I know he's, uh, I don't want to pretend like I'm talking for God cause that's ridiculous, but I know he's proud of you, man. You've, uh, you've done some amazing things in your life and just keep going, keep going, keep that energy and light about you. And, and, um, he'll bless you continually. And, and thanks for, thanks for sharing your journey with me, my friend. Absolutely. Love you, man. Love you thanks, too, Mike. brother. Thank you for tuning in to come towards delight the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com.